Hi everyone. As you may know, it is our mission to support and uplift Asian voices and stories in our community. And a huge part of this is normalizing conversations around mental health in Asian households. In episode 26 of the potty, we had a super insightful convo with the delightful Asami, the founder behind Shapes and Sounds, which is the online destination and platform for Aussie Asian mental health and well-being. So the next step of her project is creating a club to foster a safe community for us Aussie Asians, which I swear... I've never ever seen this before. So it's like totally sick that we'll finally get to have a dedicated space for people like you and me to come together and talk about all of the hard and good stuff. It'll feature webinars with experts, access to personalized programs catered for our unique Asian diaspora experience, and also an opportunity to meet like-minded Australian Asians. So sign up for the full three-month trial and not only will you get the first month absolutely free, but a cool tote bag to go along with it. For sure, that sounds sick. Anyway, if y'all interested, be sure to check out justshapesandsounds.com. So that's J-E-S-T, shapesandsounds.com. You can also find them on Instagram as well at justshapesandsounds. Tiana and I will definitely be on the platform as well. So we will see you guys there. Thank you to Shapes and Sounds for being an absolute pioneer in the Asian mental health space. This is something that we've been craving and something that we definitely need. So we're super excited to see how it's going to turn out. Anyway, back onto the episode. Welcome to Unapologetically Asian, a place where we talk about navigating through adulthood as Asian Australians. Today, you're joined by Twee and Tiana. Hey, y'all. I hope you are having a fabulous day or night, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Unapologetically Asian. Today, we're going to be talking about a very exciting and fun one, and that is Asian superstitions. So these are superstitions that we have grown up with, also those that we kind of subconsciously do to this day, and also superstitions that we've come across in other Asian cultures as well. A lot of the things that we're going to mention in this episode are rooted in the common belief in Asian culture or Asian households that there is a connection between actions that we do and the ripple effect that it will have on luck and prosperity and wealth, which is something that we want to bring in and something that we Mm. want to attract in our lives. And also a lot of these things that we do to avoid any of the bad omens or bad energy or bad vibes you know (laughs) Uh, we don't want any bad vibes good vibes only (laughs) so I think that is what a lot of these superstitions will be related to so let's just start off with numbers right because there seems to be across the board um, in a lot of Southeast Asian cultures a big emphasis on numbers yeah you think you know numbers are used for counting used for a lot of math related stuff but for some reason certain numbers indicate a lot of numbers can indicate good fortune or bad fortune so an example of this is the number nine apparently it's a lucky number so if you're born on the ninth you know you've got nine particular items in your house of the same thing just whatever like people who get the number nine and the number plates apparently that's a good thing mm-hmm. i see apparently eight eight is a really good number as well i remember with the beijing olympics they it began on the 8th of the 8th 2008 that was like a massive thing for them like apparently the number plate with all eights on it is like really really expensive to buy like it's in high demand just any number plate with 
the number eight. So that's also like another lucky number. On the flip side, the number four is a very unlucky number. And that's something that a lot of people avoid. So like if there are houses that are, you know, four... Mickleham Street, the price of that house will be relatively low compared to a house with the number nine in it, depending on, you know, the target demographic of that particular suburb. And a lot of this actually has to do with the phonetic way that we say these numbers. So for an example, eight has long been regarded as the luckiest number in Chinese culture because the pronunciation of eight in Chinese is ba, and that is a word that sounds similar to the word fa, which means make a fortune. So that's why there's a lot of luck associated with that number. The same goes for the number four, which I believe is she. Yes, she. And she means death in Chinese culture. Nine sounds like the word that means long lasting and eternity. So that's why a lot of birthday and wedding celebrations have the number nine in it because it welcomes and represents longevity. Yeah, it's so interesting because um, I remember when I was learning Japanese, the number four, um, the pronunciation for it is she, same in Chinese culture. But it's interesting, they actually have an alternative pronunciation for the number four, which is yon. Oh, okay. A lot of people use the word yon instead of she. Mm-hmm. And also applies to to the number seven because the pronunciation in Japanese for seven is shichi. So the first half of it has she in it. So people avoid that by saying nana. So nana is another way of saying number seven in Japanese. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. I've also come across um, like when I've been traveling in Asia. So I saw this in Hong Kong and also saw this in um, Korea. Mm-hmm. But in the elevators, they don't have the level four. Like it will say 3A and then 3B and then it'll skip to five. Mm. So yeah, it'll skip four, which is really interesting because I remember the first time I encountered it, I was like, where the fuck is level four? I'm so confused. And then I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense because four is bad luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read this in a BBC article as well um, where this feng shui master, John Choi, he said that he's been working in Hong Kong for more than 10 years and even in his apartment building, similar to what you said, Tweed, the floors 40 to 49 do not exist. It just ends at 39 mm. and then starts again at 50. In another article that I read in Jumpstart Mag by Monica Gosh, she really spoke about how superstitions can have an impact on business. So mm. as we were saying before, this fear of numbers, so the fear of the number four, this is actually called tetraphobia. And oh, yeah, it's, it's got a it's got a word for it as well. It can really drive real estate prices, and also it's a really large driver on why the number four is not seen in a lot of apartment buildings, real estate buildings, mm. because I think landlords understand that because this is a common phobia amongst the Asian population that they won't have those rooms because yeah, because otherwise they just won't attract business, mm. um, and people won't buy those rooms in the first place. So there's no point investing money in that. Okay, here's a situation, Tiana. What would you do? Would you buy a dream house amazing house great valley it's going for 500k but the address is four on 44th street in Falkland. <laughs> like that's that's the address would you do it that is a triple whammy tweet it's a, it is a triple whammy um i see here's the thing right even though we are you know generations ahead we are living in a modern day society i subconsciously still take some of these superstitions into my thinking like i think mm. i would still avoid the number four even yeah. though you know practically speaking it might not make sense 
But I think because there is some type of tie to your culture, you feel paranoid in a way, right? Or you feel like, okay, well, surely there's another house. But it's your dream house. (laughs) It has a pool. It has a nice kitchen bench. Surely there'll be like, you know, a a 90 on Nineson Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) What if there was like marble tape, marble kitchen bench top and it comes with a free air fryer? You are speaking my language. However... (laughs) However, I must politely decline and um, oh, I'll man. just save up extra for the uh, the nine property. <laughs> yeah. For the people out there who don't give a fuck about these sort of superstitions, if you're in, if you want good value for money, just look for the, the addresses that have number four in it. <laughs> and then it's bound to be a bit cheaper than what you'd, you'd normally be finding out on the market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Oh, so like, you know what another number thing is, which I've subconsciously placed in the back of my mind and I actually think about it all the time, is um, having three people in a photo is bad. Yes. What it signifies is that the middle person in that trio mm. will die. Yes. How fucked up is that? Oh, my God. This is the thing, right? Like, I've been told a lot of these things from, like, my mum or my dad or my grandparents or whatever. Like, you guys are about to take a photo. Get a fourth person in there. And then Mm. for a long time, I would just be like, okay, I understand that this is a superstition that you guys have. I'll just go with it. But I never understood the actual reason why or I never was, like, I never kind of asked. And then Mm. I did research it and I found that, yes, you're right. It's because apparently the person in the middle is going to be unlucky and die first and it would just make it awkward if you take a photo with three people and you know you've kind of just said hey you're the first person to die I'm so conflicted because I feel like my you know how people have you know the left side and the right side is Mm. their like you know ideal side Mm -hmm. mine is in the middle I think I look the best in the middle (laughs) like it shows like you know the curves and everything and I can I can do things with my arms I don't have to have that awkward like side arm situation like the middle position is nice Speaking of limbs, another one is got to do with your legs and that is shaking your legs because apparently when you shake your legs, you're shaking away all the luck and prosperity. Yo, I have a fucking bad habit of doing that shit. Mm. <laughs> well, stop it, Tweet, because you're shaking away oh all of that luck and prosperity, bro. I just do it subconsciously, man. I just like look down at my the sh- table shaking. Oh, it's so funny where like when you're in a group setting mm. and your leg is shaking, sometimes it kind of shakes the table. You just hear from across the table like, who the fuck is shaking their legs? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Speaking of shaking your leg, there's other like little actions and stuff that are very like superstitious, you know, things that you shouldn't do and things that you should do. Mm-hmm. Like an example is, um, <laughs> funnily enough, wearing a hat inside will make you short. I was told this for so long and I believed it because I am so gullible. But I think it also might just have something to do with manners. Like I think parents are Mm. also just like take off your hat because you're inside and you need to be respectful because apparently wearing the hat might signal that you are in a rush to go out or not being Uh. present in the moment I think that might be another way to look at it but yeah I believed that for a long time (laughs) I think I had something similar for my parents but I can't remember if it was like wearing a hat or opening an umbrella inside the house but the idea of having shade over like whether it's a hat or, you know, an umbrella inside, like under a roof is bad because that means a ghost will join you. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's what I heard. And I always get fucking paranoid. I never open an umbrella because <laughs> I don't want no ghosts with me. Like, fuck that. <laughs> Another thing is always finishing every grain of rice in your bowl. Oh, yeah. 
Because every grain that you don't finish will be, and there are a couple of variations to this. So for an example, if I'm eating a bowl of rice and I have maybe like, you know, five grains left, then those five grains will represent the pimples on my future significant other. (laughs) Okay, that's one variation. Or those grains of rice will represent maggots in the afterlife that I will have to eat. I heard that shit too, especially the latter one with the maggots in the afterlife. And that freaked me the fuck out as a child. Mm. Like, because uh, I I got full really easily and rice isn't my favorite dish. Oh my God, all the Asians out there screaming. But anyway, <laughs> rice wasn't my favorite dish when I was a child. So I'd never finish my rice, right? And my mom would scream at me and like, you know, shove that line down down my throat every day. Like, you will be eating maggots, okay? When you die, all of those will become maggots. And like I used to just like freak out and think about it. Um, it didn't really work on me though, but I'll still be paranoid. (laughs) Another thing with rice is don't stick your chopsticks in a rice bowl as it represents those small bowls that you find on the altar where you put your incense sticks in. And that is for ancestors that have passed because it's a disrespect to your ancestors. Mm, I remember the first time my dad told me off about that. I got really scared. Don't you reckon a lot of these is about installing fear because fear is the best motivator it would appear. Oh my gosh, myself. was so scary. The look that he gave me when I did it. Oh my God, I will remember that. It was like ice cold stare. And he's like, don't you dare put your chopsticks in like that. Take them out now. I was like, oh, okay. This episode is brought to you by Scoopy Milk Bar. Scoopy is a Melbourne-based dessert brand that currently specializes in deliciously refreshing cream bingsu. It's our go-to dessert place that has plenty of good vibes and you know how much Twi and I love them good vibes and so many yummy flavors to choose from. So Tiana, tell me, what's your favorite flavor? Well Toy, I'm glad you asked. I do love myself some mango. It really hits the spot with a burst of mango pearls and milk mochi and gotta love pouring in the condensed milk on that mountain of scoopy goodness. And what about yourself Toy? Well my favorite has got to be taro. It's not too overly sweet and I reckon the toppings work super well together. Like you've got taro mochi, tapioca pearls and it's also topped with condensed milk too. But yeah, It's awesome how Scooby was founded by fellow Aussie Asians who wanted to spread their Asian heritage and upbringing through food. So we have a lovely discount for you guys today. All you need to do is use the code UA10 for 10% off your entire order in the month of May. That's right, UA10, UA10, UA10. Thank you so much, Scooby, for blessing our listeners with this Scooby goodness. And we'll continue the episode now. And also there's a few superstitions that come out during Thet or which is Lunar New Year. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those include things like not to sweep the house during the New Year's period to do that prior because if you sweep the house, you're sweeping away all of your wealth and prosperity and good luck. Um, and also not making banging noises in the kitchen during the New Year's period because that represents fighting in the house. Um, one similar thing I heard was on the first day, of the lunar new year because it does go over it does span over a few days um, is to not spend a lot of money because that will indicate that you'll have poor financial habits and decisions for the remainder of the year Mm. which is interesting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so i tend to avoid going out hanging out with friends or going out for like dinner like spending money in a restaurant and stuff so you know asia is like a huge ass continent right and i guess Throughout Asia, there are so many different cultures, so many different households, so many different unique stories. Um, So I think a lot of these superstitions might be 
exactly the same to what you experience as a child, but a lot of them also might differ depending on the household that you grew up in, right? So it's really interesting to see though that at the end of the day, all these superstitions are really rooted in that sense of luck and prosperity and wealth, Mm. which is what we're chasing and, (laughs) you know, we're trying to avoid the bad juju. (laughs) (laughs) Where did that word even come from? I don't know. I don't don't fucking know. You know, bad juju, right? That's really connected to spiritual, you know, the spiritual world. Um, the unknown. The unknown. The unexplainable. Mm. Insert some ominous music here. <laughs> okay, so one of my homegirls told me that she was told not to stare at a mirror at night because ghosts will be watching you. That's now, if that up. doesn't scare you, I don't know what does. Honestly, I feel like a lot of horror movies, I don't even watch any at all, but I feel like a lot of them have this common theme of mirrors. Like, it's just... Yes. Well, there's a fucking horror movie, horror movie out there called Mirrors. It's scary, right? And another homegirl told me, don't whistle at night because you'll attract ghosts. So I think mm. we're trying to avoid our ghost homies yeah. out there. Soz. Soz ghosts. Soz sure if you wanted you, to hang out. <laughs> yes. I'm sure a lot of you are really nice. But um, <laughs> rather not come face to face with y'all. It's a bit fucking freaky. However, some people do want to come face to face with the spiritual world. And that leads us to shamanism. Now, Twee... You were telling mm. me a bit about shamanism off air. I'm yeah. saying off air as if we are a live radio station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, tell me, tell us a bit about shamanism. So shamanism is a whole practice, right? It's a practice done by shamans. So shamans are kind of like fortune tellers. They're very similar to the concept of like a medium in mm-hmm. Western culture. Pretty much shamans act as like an intermediary between the human world and the spiritual world. Mm. And they do things like, um, like they take on tasks like, healing you know talking to like ancestors manipulating the elements um leading lost souls to you know the afterlife and they also do like a lot of public like religious rituals and all that stuff for people who watch k-dramas out there you see the shamans all the time like people would go to the shams to seek advice like even like financial advice marriage advice this is in boys before flowers when they go to that island and there is a fortune teller that tells John mm. D about her love life and she thinks, <laughs> is it John Pierre? John Pierre? <laughs> that she spends the rest of her life with? Or is it Jihu? Yeah, so that's a shaman. Mm. You know, they dress up in their fancy clothes and stuff and like some of them use cards to predict, you know, futures or talk to the spiritual world. Some use other like bells and other equipment to help them connect to this other world. I remember one of our friends, he told us a story of a family member wanted to communicate with the afterlife or wanted to communicate mm-hmm. to ancestors that had passed and they sought out a shaman or a spiritual person who basically like... Got possessed. <laughs> yeah, who basically got possessed by the spirit and who basically communicated with their family. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of that does exist as well. So that friend, I'm pretty sure it's the same person that I'm thinking of. But, yeah, he told me that story too. But I remember him telling me, and this fucking scarred me, and I still think about it every now and then. It's really scary. But when they got possessed, they started, like, banging their head against the table and shit. Like, they did some really wacky, fucked up, like, really scary sort of stuff. And like, oh, my God, let's not continue because oh I will God, get nightmares like, tonight. I will actually get nightmares tonight. 
Yeah, so that's pretty much a few examples of shamans and how they work and what they can do and the potential of it. But I know like a lot of my aunties and cousins, especially in Vietnam, they always go seek out these shamans for advice about their future or whatnot. So yeah, there's that. So here are some miscellaneous ones. Um, One is the colour red. So the colour red really symbolises prosperity, it symbolises happiness, beauty, vitality, good luck, success and good fortune. Wow, red is basically a pocket rocket of colours um, and similarly to what we said before about how numbers can have a huge impact on business, this is where colours can also have a huge impact on business as well and some colours will use red in their branding if they know that their audience is or their target demographic is largely going to be made up of people from an Asian descent so they might use red and they might avoid colors like black because it is associated with evil in China and in Japan so yeah it's really interesting how these superstitions in different cultures can make an impact I remember back in the day I was interning at a creative agency Um, and one of the things that we had to look at was different target markets around the world Mm -hmm. and we had to really account for all of these different cultural nuances because every single different culture has amazing people that have grown up in different ways and have different beliefs and values so it's really important that if you are starting a company and you want to scale that you can account for that and that's Mm -hmm. why I think a lot of the time when people come up with their branding or come up with their logo or their designs that they really look at the different audiences that they want to attract and Mm -hmm. try to cater to that. I mean, this isn't kind of business related, but we see red used a lot during Lunar New Year's, like the red pockets. Mm -hmm. And also in weddings, like um, traditional Vietnamese wedding gowns are typically red, which is interesting. Um, Another random miscellaneous superstition is the placement of moles or beauty spots on your face can reveal a lot about your health, wealth and your future, which is interesting because I have moles like literally all over my face. So... I've got a lot of fucking shit going on in my life. (laughs) Um, But example of one is having a mole in like right dead set in the center of your face will indicate that you will have a very wealthy and healthy future. Well, Toya, you do have a mole. It's not in the center though. But it's almost. So therefore... You are yes. almost wealthy. <laughs> but but I did a bit of research and to my disadvantage, apparently if the mole is on the left side of your forehead, then it's not good. You will not have a good future. <laughs> but another example of placements of moles in your face and how that can affect your future um, is having one below, right below your eye mm. kind of represents and looks like a teardrop. So what that signifies is that you're a bitter person and that you may suffer in the future, which is okay. very scary. That is a bit sad. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is quite sad, yeah. So a lot of people, especially in Asian culture, will actually go and remove those moles. So that's okay. a really popular procedure to remove um, the placement of those particular moles or any moles in general on the face that will signify bad luck and all that stuff. There's like really detailed charts on the web. So if you're interested, feel free to go look at that. Isn't it so interesting to hear the lengths that people go to attract good luck or avoid bad luck? Mm. All of this is rooted in superstitions, basically. So, yeah, Yeah. that's so interesting that people just go do medical procedures in order to... Obviously, for your health as well. Like, I guess having a mole on your face could be bad because it could be 
related to skin cancer and that type of thing. Trust me, they don't think about that. The amount of times my parents, especially my mom, don't know why, but the amount of times she's been, like, she's hounded me to go remove some of the moles on my face. And I keep telling her, like, oh, I can't be bothered. She's like, just get it off now. (laughs) So, yeah, those were some of the superstitions that we've grown up with and superstitions that we've heard from our friends, fam, loved ones, and also come across on the interwebs. We'd be really interested to hear about any superstitions that you've grown up with Mm -hmm. and any that were common in your household. So feel free to jump into our DMs and continue the conversation with us. Alrighty, now moving on to recommendation time. So this is the segment where we talk all about the books, movies, TV shows and random shit that we have been enjoying this week. Alrighty, Tui, over to you first. What do you recommend? Okay, so my recommendation for this week is an anime and also a manga called To Your Eternity. So um, currently as I speak now, I think there's like five episodes out. Um, So it's about an object that is created by some magical dude and that object has the ability to transform into different things if it is exposed to something that has died near it. Sounds really bleak, but it's um, interesting. So first it began as a simple rock and then this rock stayed there for like, I don't know, hundreds and thousands of years. And then one day a wolf dies on the rock and then it has the ability to transform into a wolf. And then um, this wolf slowly gains the ability to transform into different things. And after a while it becomes sentient, it can talk, it can do a variety of things. But the main thing is that this thing is immortal. So... The first few episodes are quite lighthearted and, you know, interesting. But I read in the comments that shit gets real deep and very emotional. So anyway, what is your recommendation this week, Tiana? Alrighty, my recommendation for this week is to go back to the cinemas, guys, because there is nothing like going into a cinema slightly late, being ushered in by the (laughs) cinema attendee um, and you know, saying, excuse me, sorry, I need to get to my seat. And then sitting in a packed cinema with a bunch of strangers all enjoying the same movie. And yeah, there's just nothing like that experience. And it's something that I've definitely missed. And don't forget the popcorn. Don't forget the popcorn. Don't forget that choc top. Don't forget your bottle of water so you don't fall asleep. <laughs> so recently, Tui and I went to ACME, which is the Australian Centre for the Moving Image, um, with our two close friends. And we watched... Chunking Express, which was directed by Wong Kar Wai. Now, to be honest with you, I had no idea what to expect in this film at all. I just sat down and was like, boom, boom, let's get this going. I knew it was going to be like a Hong Kong style movie. And I had heard that Quentin Tarantino really enjoyed this movie as well. So I was like, okay, cool. It must be a good one. Um, Look, throughout the movie, I was like, okay, all right, cool. And then, you know, if we were imagining this as a um, parabola, there was a dip. There was a dip real quick because I just didn't really understand what was happening. I was a bit disorientated. I don't know what it's like to be on LSD, but I imagine <laughs> that that's the experience that you would have. You know, it's similar to the what the experience that we had watching this movie. And then as soon as the lights went on, I was like, okay, I hope that when I turn to my left, all of my friends are going to think the same thing as me or maybe I'm just really uncultured and I do not (laughs) understand the themes of this movie and thank goodness there's nothing like turning to your left and your friends having the same look on their faces and being disorientated and being like what just happened did you understand that that was so confusing Um, but my favorite part of this 
is the meal afterwards where we get to mm. sit collectively in complete confusion and <laughs> just discuss different themes of the movie and discuss what actually happened and Google what actually happened in the movie. <laughs> and then still be confused after all the discussion and all the Googling because we still to this day don't even know what the fuck actually happened. <laughs> so I want to clarify, Tiana, your recommendation isn't the movie, but the experience. It's the experience, guys. <laughs> and you know what? This is a tradition that we've started because we also all went to watch Tenet together. And yes, it was a <laughs> blockbuster of a film. We love Christopher Nolan. But we also walked out of it completely confused and had a meal afterwards <laughs> where we were looking up theories and discussing what happened. And I think there's just something really fun about that, isn't there? <laughs> yes. But, you know, real talk, though, I think this is one of those films, it's like an outhouse film. I think it's one of those films that if you're an art student, you'll understand the underlying themes, you'll understand why each character has a particular motive, that type of thing. It's not really like a plot-driven movie. So Mm. I think it's one of those films that, you know, you kind of have to be cultured. I think something that I thought of afterwards was like, am I just wildly uncultured or... Uh, people that enjoy this film because there's 89% of positive ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Are they just really, you know, cultured? And <laughs> <laughs> I have watched a few of his films and they, they're they all very similar. Like different stories, of course, but similar directive style, similar, I guess, confusion <laughs> across all of them. I walked out of all of them thinking, I oh, don't know what the fuck happened. It's very pretty though. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous film. I love the way that it's shot. The music is good, even though the same song is repeated over and over. (laughs) I think these films are wanting to evoke a certain emotion in us. So you want Mm. they the director wants you to leave the film feeling a certain way more than anything. Yeah, I think that's what they're trying to accomplish. Hopefully, you can feel more than confusion walking out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But yeah, go back to the cinemas, guys. But anyways, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We hope that you enjoyed it and then it sparked some conversation with your friends and family. If you like what you listen to, we'd super appreciate it if you left us a rating or review. It really helps us out um, and it helps support the podcast. Um, And you can also follow, subscribe to us on your favourite podcasting platform. Yes. You can also find us on social media as well. We're on Instagram mainly and our handle is at unapologetically. AZN. And we've also got a cheeky little website out there. That's www.unapologeticallyasian.com.au. We've got a list of episodes. You can find out more information about our podcast. And yeah, feel free to check it out if you've got a bit of time to spare. And also, if you want to collaborate or partner with us or know any businesses that do, also feel free to check out our website and contact us there. Love that. Alrighty. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day or your night. We will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.